Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, Wild Souls, and welcome back to the podcast. So delighted to be gathered with you as always. Apologies for the way I sound. I still have a cold, incredibly. (laughs) Um, I'm just... I cannot seem to shake it. So apologies if I sound sick. I am sick. Um, But I'm so thankful and so happy to be gathered with all of you. Thank you so much again for being here. So I have a couple of teeny quick housekeeping pieces before we get to the meat of today's podcast episode. So I'm teaching two live workshops this month. One is on the 20th of January. So that one is connected to a live and guided version of Soul Tarot 101 that I'm doing. Folks who sign up get a gorgeous pre-recorded um, version of the workshop a Q&A database, a beautiful workbook, super in-depth, and they get to take part in a two and a half hour Q&A with moi. So if you have your questions about tarot, if you have questions about your practice intuition, um, we're really going to be vibing for two and a half hours. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, And then on January 27th, I will be teaching just a fully live and guided workshop, no pre-recorded elements at all. Um, my first true workshop in forever <laughs> over Zoom. Um, and that one is called Tarot Anchoring. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's um, part teaching, part breakout rooms with your fellow students, part Q&A. Um, and we'll be talking about the actual practice of tarot anchoring, how it works, how it helps, and how you can... Uh, we'll go through a couple of examples together on how to use the practice around something that feels difficult to navigate and you'd like to nurture an anchor to help you with that process. Um, we'll talk a little bit about calling in an anchor for the year ahead. Um, so it should be really nice. I'm really excited to join with whoever feels called to. And there's uh, links in the show notes for both of those. You can check them out um, and or sign up. Um, Soltero 101 closes for enrollment later this week on January 18th. So if you want to take part, you know, now's a good time. Oh, so we have a, an Ask Lindsay today and they're all, uh, all of these Ask Lindsay's are looped around the same, uh, basic theme, which is how do we make peace? How do we come to a space of understanding or acceptance or tolerance potentially, of tricky tarot card pulls. Um, so we, and by we, I mean me, uh, I do a lot of talking on this podcast in my work about like, you know, how do we engage with a tarot practice that feels authentic to us, that feels medicinal, that feels like a nourishing place to land. We also do a lot of talking about like how to navigate card pulls or or practice when we're activated, triggered, maybe in fight flight. That is not necessarily this. So what I think this, uh, three folks wrote me um, about like kind of a, again, letters on a theme and all of them were kind of like, whew, you know, I pulled this card and it's making me feel this type of way and I'm upset or I'm disappointed or whoa, like how can I, how can I open to this? Um, Which is just so fucking unbelievably universal and valid. Like I just don't know anybody who does 
pulls, especially when they're sort of bigger or there's a lot riding on them, there's a lot at stake, like your head pulls. If we don't pull something that we're looking forward to, or if there are some tricky pulls in there, it's really hard to open to the rest of the reading, to not feel worried or scared about like, fuck, what does this mean? You know, and I think that what I was saying before, before I uh, dove into that was that rather than activation, I think it's interesting to talk about what happens when we feel disappointment in our tarot practice and when something doesn't meet our expectation, because that can be a really tricky thing to navigate. Like what, what is it to stay open, to stay willing, to stay curious when something doesn't quite meet what we're hoping for, you know, and that's, and it is really challenging. And yet our willingness to one, understand that what we're going through is so universal, is so shared. These letter writers could have been me. They could have been you probably, right? Like we're, we all move through this and that's a part of the root of a really helpful, alive and soul-led tarot practice is that we are constantly navigating and balancing between really offering a completely judgment-free space inside of our own being to be like, I'm allowed to not like this card pull. I'm allowed to be disappointed. I'm allowed to wish for something different. I can be in touch with those feelings. And it is also and I, I say this with great humility because you may not feel the same way. That's okay. But I certainly feel it is part of my responsibility to not judge any card that I pull, to be open to the medicine it might be bringing, even if I don't particularly like it. So this can have helpful effects outside of our tarot practice, right? That general sense, that general practice can actually help us. I think at least in my own life, I've seen it helps me to stay present with the things that I'd really rather not stay present with. You know, that some part of my instinct or some part of my, um, like my, my social learning wants me to turn my eyes away from being willing to be with the things that are very difficult and not turn away from them is one part, one medicine that comes from placing this kind of practice onto our work with the tarot, that it actually extrapolates. It's an excellent comp for then placing it in the greater context of life. Like, how do we remain with things as disappointing as like, fuck, you know, I didn't, I didn't get that opportunity that person didn't call me back that I was really excited about two enormous things like what's happening with our climate, what's happening in Gaza, the horrors that are happening in Gaza, in the Sudan, in the Congo. Like how do we remain as best as we can with those things? You know, how do we not turn away? So it, it has massive range, you know, um, and massive benefits and can help us to, to have, you know, I'm sure many of us would wish we didn't have to practice it that much and have practice with sitting with that both and with that duality, with like our own feelings and, you know, uh, a willingness to be with what's calling for our attention. So I do think that hopefully, um, 
it's a beneficial practice for all of us to think about, like, how do we just really honor, like, I don't particularly love this pull. I wish I had gotten something different. I'm disappointed about it with, and I'm willing to consider there might be more to the card than maybe I'm initially thinking. And that gets to come along with my feelings about the card. So we're going to start with a question from Mama D. The Mama D asks, hi, Lindsay. First off, thank you for all that you do. I've been enjoying your podcast and courses for several years, and I often consult your wisdom via past episodes with questions about certain cards. Thank you for listening, Mama D. Thank you for being here. Recently, I really appreciated your past episode explaining the levels of tower. It's a card that keeps coming up for me, and it's definitely up in the collective. It came up again in the shifts spread for me for the question about how to surrender to these shifts with grace. It actually pissed me off, as I've already had to surrender so deeply to the tower already this year. I wonder if you would revisit the tower card within the context of December 2023 into 2024, especially around surrender. Thank you. So again, I want to start with, you have every right to be pissed off about the tower endlessly coming to your door. Um, and I would say, I was just chatting with my my dear friend, Jeff Hinshaw about this. I would say that something really important to remember about 2023, I think we talked about this on our podcast, um, our year ahead podcast that Jeff and I recorded but um, that was on this podcast, but 2023 was a tower year because the tower exists in the same constellation as the chariot. So we can think about, and I'm bowing to Mary Kay Greer here and Angela Zarian, like all, all of the folks who really uh, dove into, popularized, and expanded upon uh, birth card constellations. Um, but I am most familiar with Mary Kay Greer's work around it. So I, I, acknowledge that. Um, and when I say constellations, what I'm talking about is that the tower in the tarot is 16. It's the number 16 in the, in the, um, golden dawn ordering of the tarot. And when we add up one plus six, we get seven and that's chariot. And that's how constellations in terms of birth and year cards exist with one another. So the tower will always be riding with the chariot and in a way, if you think about it, it makes sense if we zoom all the way out, right? Like the chariot is one of those situations where we understand we can go no further in this chariot. We've outgrown this chariot. It's like a womb. We've we've gone full term in the womb. We've got to come out. And if for some reason we refuse to come out or we won't come out or we can't come out, the tower will take us out, right? So that is very true of life, right? Like we get whispers and then we get shouts, right? That's, that's often the way it goes. Um, it's not a punishment. It just, sometimes we need shouts. Sometimes we don't even realize we were getting whispers in the first place. And there are other times where there were no whispers at all and no reason for it. It's not like we were not doing something. Sometimes there are just towers in life, right? Um, I'm just explaining the, the constellations so that Mama D, um, you can understand that December 2023 was pure, unadulterated chariot tower energy because we were wrapping up and reaching this climax point in the energy of 2023 of those two card um, 
invitations. And we were clearing them out as we moved into 2024, which is of course strength year, but it's also a star year. And it's not to say that 2024 is going to be like all ease. Like that's not true of any year. It's not true of life. Um, but it's doing something different than 2023 did. So I want to begin with that. So revisiting the tower in the context of December, 2023 into 2024, um, again, anything that we were unwilling to wrap up that we were unable to wrap up if we didn't understand how to wrap up in chariot kind of got offloaded to tower. So there was a lot of tower in the, in the air, right. In 2023, which you felt, um, now the only thing that the tower, I mean, the, the biggest thing the tower teaches us is surrender. That's the biggest thing because what else can we do? The only thing we can ultimately do when the tower comes to our door is sense into how we can take care of ourselves. What support can we call upon? Like what can we immediately marshal in order to triage and get our needs met? Right. And sometimes the chariot is magnificent. Sometimes we have really old sticky beliefs and all of a sudden something spectacular happens and the old beliefs are shattered as a result of that. And it's like, wow, I can't believe that shitty thing, that old outdated thing anymore, because this thing has now come forward and it's totally, um, clearing out that old story for me. Like I, I can't believe it anymore. That's, that's the chariot too, you know? So I'm not going to go into like a deep dive about the card, but I will say that I think that it's present. Um, it certainly has been present, um, it, it, like, again, as a part of 2023, I'm really ramped up, I think in December specifically. Now, I also think that this card coming up around how to surrender to these shifts with grace, I, I think that maybe, and I'm not saying I know I'm not tuned in for you. I'm not hearing anything for you, but I wonder if you might consider that the tower is here as a reminder to you that you already know how to surrender to these shifts with grace so well, because the tower does nothing if not teaches us how to just say, okay, like, how can I stop it? Like, I can't help lightning bolts. I didn't make that happen. Things happen in life. Towers come down, right? So one thing, because we have to remember, we we couch a lot under quote tower experiences sometimes that are really hard, really traumatic. So I want to be really clear right now. Everyone is entitled to do that. And for me, not every traumatic experience is classified in my way of thinking as a tower experience. So a tower experience to me is any structure construct in our lives that we built on a foundation that isn't quite solid. And that doesn't mean we did anything wrong. It just simply means that it's it's it needs to be healed, it needs to be cleared, we need to rebuild it for one reason or another. another. Again, very similar to chariot, right? In in energy. So that that tower in one way or another comes down and sometimes it is really difficult and traumatic and sometimes it isn't, right? 
But the thing that can help is understanding there's something under the foundations to heal and that we don't have to do anything. It's about being really clear about like, okay, as things continue to to clear out, to um, prime themselves to make space for me to heal what's ready to be healed, to see what's underneath the surface. I already know how to do this so well because I've been moving through tower forever. So that's one possibly shaky way of looking at it. Um, But there's something to be said, I think, for considering that. Now, a couple different things for you, Mama D. Number one, I want to encourage you, and it's not in the spirit of like, oh, tuck it away and don't pay attention to it or bypass anything or whatever. I just want to remind you, I want to remind any listener, if for any reason your nervous system is primed, like you cannot see a particular card one more time, it's too activating for you in in a particular season of your life, take it out of the deck. Spirit will find a way to tell you what they need to tell you in a different way. They'll use different cards. They'll flip certain cards reversed or you will or whomever. The other thing I want to say is I would say your first order of business, actually, I'm, I'm (laughs) doing the first order of business last year, basically. Your first order of business is to go directly to the tower card and take your deck and ask some clarifying questions of it. Like, can you clarify this for me? What does this mean? What is tower bringing? How can I navigate it? What kind of support can I call in? You know, so that's often, and you can even ask your tower card, Mama D, like, how do I, how am I being invited to surrender to this energy? Right? So asking questions of the card you pulled, feeling like if you're, if, if the relationship with a particular card feels like it's sore, feels like it's like, Ooh, this is really sticky for me. Feel free to take it out for a little while. It's okay. You will put it back in eventually. Like you are allowed to do that period. This is your practice. This is your sacred connection. And you're allowed to be like, I can't fucking see this card for a minute. You know, I, I will lose it if I do. That's okay. You know, that's okay. So asking questions, taking a card out of the deck if it feels right, but also kind of reflecting on the fact that because you've been in tower so much, there's nothing new coming likely. So it's really about like, oh, what did those situations teach me? And how can I continue to be open to them? And really, what can I call upon for support as I navigate that? So weaving in a different card pull. Um, that's what I think I have for you on that one. Thank you for your trust and for for asking me it, for sharing me, for sharing that with me. Our second question is from Virginia, and Virginia asks, "Hi Lindsay, first of all, thank you so much for your podcast. It is truly a balm and so appreciated. My question is around my pull for the year ahead. To give you a little background, I have a sleep disorder that leaves me exhausted for most of the day, even with medication, and requires that I sleep a ton. I had been pulling Queen of Cups for the weeks leading up to this pull, and felt like they were a supportive teacher for coming back home to myself and doing things I enjoy since my diagnosis." However, when I asked my deck for an anchor for the year ahead, 
I got four of pentacles reversed and can't help but feel hurt. I know decks aren't supposed to be spiteful, but I'm not sure how to interpret this considering my disorder. I would love to hear your take on this as I don't want to believe that my deck is being cruel. From your reference, I pulled 10 of cups reversed as a clarifier. Thank you for your consideration and many blessings to you. Oh, Virginia, I'm so sorry. That must have felt just so difficult. And so, um, like, I, I can just imagine, like, those layers of feelings, like, can I trust my deck? Is it being spiteful? Like, And I, I just want to say I know I don't speak for all. I speak for no one other than myself, and I, I certainly don't speak for all decks. But I, I do feel really um, decks just are not – they they – they're, again, they start neutral and they skew benevolent to me. There's no deck that specifically ever seeks to be malevolent or cruel. And if one, and if one feels like it's, it's plucking or, you know, strumming strings that just continually feel like, wow, we just are not getting along, then we might use another deck. But, um, yeah, I just can't even imagine how hard that felt. So I, I honor your feelings. And also just in case some part of you maybe just needed to hear someone say it's not being spiteful. I really don't think that's what's happening, but I would go the same place you did with it. So I just really see you. Um, I'd love to invite you into a, into maybe a few ways of seeing four of pentacles reversed. So the first question that I kind of have like to the ether, to you, Virginia, please write me this, write us. How do you interpret four of pentacles? So I'm, I'm curious about that and about why that might, why that felt so difficult. Because I think if, if I know how you're viewing it, it will help me to really come to a full, like kind of, um, fully informed answer, but I'll share a little bit about what it could mean and what it might be inviting you to consider. Um, so I, I would also love to know, oh yes, I was asking your deck for an anchor for the year ahead. That was my question and you answered it. So remember that anchors are not necessarily, like anchors are, it's like literally what's anchoring you. So it's not necessarily a descriptor of the year ahead, right? This is the support. This is the medicine. This is the North star. This is the, the mattress that you can, you know, get, get, you know, the, the blankets that you're snuggling into and the surface that's holding you up. Right. So let's take two different ways of being with four of pentacles. And, and you let me know if this is part of what's activating you, because then I'll definitely follow up with you or you let me know if this pinged something that felt useful. So one of the first ways that we can look to four of pentacles is really just simply as a, as a space for retreat, as an opportunity to really be really clear with our boundaries and like who's coming in, who's coming out. Like it really has to do with like a protection on our energy and our time. So one way, and, and when we're in four of pentacles, it really does represent that sense of like, I'm nooking in, I'm giving myself what I need. I'm moving into more of a retreat space and I'm really going to give my body everything it needs to be nourished, right? So the reversal can look like one of two things. One can look like 
do we feel like we have full permission to take that time? Like, are you, it sounds like you are, it sounds like you're doing a glorious job, but maybe your anchor for the year is offering yourself a lot of love around the idea, like, are there any parts of you that feel bummed about needing to sleep so much? I, I am a chronically ill person who is in pain and I have chronic fatigue as well um, and autoimmune disorders and I need a lot of rest. And there are certain things that I'm just not available to do like physically or um, yeah, like across the board or uh, there are certain days where I need more sleep than others or my joint pain is really too too difficult. And I have a hard time feeling like that's okay to ask for or to just simply take, you know? So if I personally received four of pentacles reversed, that would tell me like, I really need to be with my own internalized. And I'm not saying this is you, Virginia, at all. I'm only talking about me, but my, my, the, the weird cobwebby pockets of my own internalized ableism or the parts of me that are disappointed that I need so much rest and the parts of me that don't always feel so compassionate and accommodating for having an invisible disability, you know, and living with that. And again, I'm only talking about myself here. So actually four of pentacles reversed, there's, there's something to be said that I wonder if it's bringing forward an opportunity for you to actually lean in like all the way to this, to be like, oh yeah, like I need rest. My fucking body is sacred. Like I apologize to no one. This is what I need. Um, The other piece about four of pentacles could be, could be that when you are not, when you do feel like I, and I never feel fully rested. So like, I don't know, maybe you feel the same as I do. Um, maybe it has to do with reaching for things that feel really lovely when you are awake. Like as silly as that sounds, sometimes the pentacle, or I'm sorry, sometimes the fours reverse have to do with kind of like coming out of something, um, coming away from something and feeling either more energized or in certain folks' case, more available to be around other people or more like whatever it is, right? And that could have been the thing that felt a little activating, which was like, why are you inviting me to come up and out of this deep root space when I need this deep root space to function? So, Either one of those are are available options, right, for anybody moving through this. But the former of the two is a place that I would really, like, I feel like this is bringing a very similar frequency to Queen of Cups. Absolutely. Like, both are really kind of like, um, like, root in and don't fucking apologize. Like, you know, open to the nourishment that's here, let the, let the roots hold you. Like there's, there's a lot here that I think could be really medicinal, but I would love to know, those are just floats. Those are just ideas, but I would really love to know what felt tricky for you about it. Um, and whether or not like it felt like maybe, um, invalidating, like, is it like what you're fucking telling me? Like I can just get up out of this like four of pentacles space and like dance around because like, that's not happening. Like, was it more like, 
that feeling, like a call to get up and out of the four of pentacles. And you're like, I fucking live in four of pentacles. Or was it more like, oh, wow, like, you know, something different. I'd love to hear from you about it. And then we can follow up together. But um, I will say on my end, not tuning in for you, having absolutely no idea because I don't have your consent to do that. There's not too much space for me between four of pentacles reversed and queen of cups reversed or uh, queen of cups. I'm sorry. There's not too much air. There's not too much distance rather between the two of them to me. Let's chat about it some more. You know, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, I would love, love to unpack that with you and to, yeah, just dive a little deeper on that. And then lastly, we have a question from Kaylee. So Kaylee asks, hi, Lindsay, longtime listener here. Thank you for your guidance. I happened to do a release and retain spread for 2023 and came up with three of pentacles and the sun to release. They came out together and the page of pentacles to retain for the new year. I'm a little stumped at how to interpret the release of three of pentacles. Great question. And one that I get, um, I would say a lot, right? Because when there's a perception of like, oh, this card is awesome. Why would we be letting go of it? <laughs> you know, um, it's, yeah, it can be a real uh, tricky one. I also love and really appreciate that you listed the card that you got to retain because that always really helps me to get the full picture. So thank you so much. Um, okay. So release, let's start with releasing the sun and then we'll get to three of pentacles because that's the one you're really curious about. So releasing the sun in favor of a page of pentacles, I, I actually feel like that tracks for me, not in, not insofar as like, oh, that makes so much sense for you, Kaylee. But I feel like if I, if I received this or just looking at it from a bird's eye view, I can follow, like I can track it, right? Like the sun is a major and when we're in a major, there's a big energetic invitation. And really the key signature of the sun is, can we see ourselves? Can we allow ourselves to be seen? Can we see others? Can we offer folks the gift of our compassionate and loving gaze? It's also a card that really brings about a, a, a bigger seeing and illumination, some clarity, that we didn't have before, that we weren't privileged to before, we now can have because of our work in the sun. Um, so everything that we marinate in and, and receive and are nourished by in the sun directly connects to our work in an energy like Page of Pentacles. Because with the sun... Very often, again, we're surrendering to a really big energy. We're seeing, we're letting ourselves be seen. There's a rebirth happening of some kind. We're reflecting for sure. Um, we're gaining insight on something that may have been really unclear for a while. And then in Page of Pentacles, we're utilizing that to kind of be the power center around the way that we engage with a card like, like Page of Pentacles, which is to say... The Page of Pentacles is all about desiring to be of the greatest service that they can be. So Page of Pentacles is the energy we call upon when there really is like, what would you have me know? Where would you have me go? May I be of service. May I 
allow the work, the leadership, what I create, what I bring into the world to be soul and spirit led to the best of my ability to understand that, right? So seeing and gaining clarity can help to direct page of pentacles, can help to be the compass. The page of pentacles really wants to be. So I can see that for sure. I'm going to be, you know, potentially a little, uh, I'm sure there are people who will not agree (laughs) with my perception here. And again, it is a perception. I actually, I I have to say, I love all cards. There are no bad cards. Um, And three of pentacles is always an energy that I'm a little happy to see go. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because most of the time when I pull this card or when I get it for clients, they're in something that is like working. They're grateful for it. They're, they're appreciating the service that they're providing, like what they're doing in the world, but it's not where they really would like to be. And so three of pentacles is kind of like, you are serving a very important purpose and most likely your dreams are growing bigger than what it is that you're doing. Trust where you are now. Eventually you'll evolve out of this and you'll move into something else. So it's a, it's a both and, right? Like we're kind of getting ready to evolve out of where we've been. We want to move into something different. Remember the threes are connected to Empress. So in all of these threes, we're asked to expand, to receive more, than we would normally uh, aim for, right? So all of them are expansions, all of them in really big ways, and they're kind of dilators. So Three of Pentacles is like, I love this. I'm grateful for this. I feel the alignment of it, or potentially I'm struggling to see the alignment in it. I used to love it. Now I don't love it so much. And gosh, where do I want to go next? So to me, Moving from three of pentacles to page of pentacles, again, just personally would be a godsend because to me, it would feel like I'm shifting away from, from, from a purpose, absolutely like serving a purpose, part of a collective, you know, um, evolutionary process, a hundred percent, but also one that I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to shift my role inside of the collective consciousness. <laughs> Potentially, I'm hoping to move into a different stage of this. I'm hoping to expand. I'm hoping to serve in a different way. Um, and I'm hoping to break out of what it is that I'm doing. Um, now, that's not present in the card, but I will say that that has always, that has always been what uh, has arrived alongside or what has been present alongside this card every time I've pulled it. So I pay attention to that. And I know that it's both and it's like a beautiful energy and also can be tricky. It really, it really can be very emblematic of a both and, but to go from that to page of pentacles is basically being like, okay, I'm evolving away from something that like, you know, works, but isn't really what I want, isn't really what I'm digging, isn't really where I'd like to be ultimately or long-term or in a year from now, I'd like to move into a different space of service to move from that to page of pentacles, which again is that huge energy of like purpose and direction and humility and soulfulness would, I would really dig that. 
So that's what I have for you. That's, that's what I can, that's what I can, um, you know, that's my invitation. So, you know, please do let me know how this lands with you. Let me know how it, how it serves. Um, I just want to thank everybody for trusting me with their questions. Always, always. It's such a pleasure. Um, and I hope that for anybody listening to this, that, um, it has really normalized and hopefully been a balm for you around like, it's okay to feel confused and disappointed and kind of bummed out about what you're feeling and that other folks feel a sense of like, wow, my tarot deck is gaslighting me. It's criticizing me. It's being cruel. Like there, there can be a lot of big feelings that can come up around our decks and like they're, none of them are invalid. They're all so normal to feel. They're not necessarily true, but it doesn't mean that they're not real, right? Like we're feeling them. People go through it. So I go through it too. So I, I hope you know that you're not alone in it. Um, and that there is medicine in these polls, right? They, they are coming to bring something of, of use and something of, um, like goodness. They're coming to help, but it may just take a little bit of configuring, reconfiguring, um, you know, pivoting, sensing into it a little bit more, getting an objective eye view to see that you know, and that is not just allowed, not just okay, but a part of it, you know? So again, thank you for trusting me with this. And I hope it potentially serves you around your own work with your cards. In general, if we're working with a card pull that feels kind of a bummer, kind of like a disappointment, we want to start with a couple different things. One, we want to let ourselves feel the feelings and observe it okay, I'm feeling really disappointed about this. It's inviting me into X, Y, Z feelings, worry about like, oh my goodness, um, just hope stashed, was hoping for something different, you know? So just being with that, letting that be there and not rushing it or pushing it away, you know, is, is wonderful information. And then we want to come in with a spirit of curiosity and objectivity. And then we want to say, is this card, is this pull, actually bringing about what it is that I think it is. You know, is my perception matching up with the truth? And that's, and we can get to that truth by looking at the cards around what we've pulled. We can get to, to that closer truth by pulling clarifying cards. Um, we can, I, I'm going to say I'm a really big fan. Sometimes if a card pull is a specific way, I will tuck it back in the deck and say, please find a different way to tell me about this. And they'll come through with that. Like we're allowed to ask for that. You know, we don't just have to like sit there and take it all. You know, it's powerful to sit with what we pull and we're perfectly able in this realm to be like, okay, like I, I need this a different way, you know? And then we sit with what we've pulled. We sit with what we're feeling and we see like, okay, this is bringing this, maybe that's bringing that. I'm, you know, looking at the full picture of what this might be inviting me into. It's very interesting. Okay. You know, I'm willing to consider that maybe this could be bringing me 
like A, B, and C instead of X, Y, and Z or whatever it is. Um, but we're still allowed to be disappointed. We're still allowed to have a perception. We're still allowed to have preferences. Um, and we can hold that while still being available to the tarot medicine that that's coming through for us right now. So thank you so much for listening to this Wild Souls and for being here. I'll be back with you in a couple of weeks um, for the February Monthly Medicine. And until that time, please take exquisite care of yourselves. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees, podcast art by Rochelle Sartini-Garner, and this episode was transcribed by one of our absolutely brilliant and beautiful transcriptionists, all of which you can learn more about or read about on our website, tarotofthewildsoul.com. If you wish to dive into more of my work, learn more about Soul Tarot, work with me in any kind of capacity, I'm always creating new things for us to do together, but you can find it all about our self-led courses and classes and new offerings on tarotforthewildsoul.com. And if you want to be the first to know about any new offerings, any new projects that I'm doing, if you want to benefit from discounts and early birds and all kinds of lovely newsletter-only offerings, you can sign up for the newsletter at the link in our show notes. And finally, if you have a question for me to answer at the podcast, or if you'd like to work with me um, live on the podcast, or if you'd like your question answered on the podcast, please click the link to Ask Lindsay and send me your cues. Thank you so much for being here.